Is your aquarium looking a bit uncultured? Turn your aquarium from crapper to dapper with tissue cultures from joeshrimpshack.com. Now 50% off with promo code plant sale. That's two words, plant sale at checkout. Please, sir, may I have another tissue culture? Why, of course. Your tank looks like a fanny. Make it look fancy with 15% off at all other goods with the promo code AquariumGuys at checkout. No tank needs to look stank. Buy dank with Joe today. Also, don't forget about our boys at the Ohio Fish Rescue. Buy them a pint by going to their YouTube channel and donate. Don't forget the lads over at the Ohio Fish Rescue. Those rambunctious Yankees are doing bang-up work assisting Rockefeller fish on rotten racks. Ohio Fish Rescue is here to give fish a bigger home, and it's up to you to give Big Rich a bigger shampoo. Like and subscribe today, and let's kick that podcast. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We are supposed to be quarantining, but Jimmy decided to come over one more week. He's getting a microphone. We're getting them all set up. How are you doing, Jimmy? You're going to look coffee. I'm wonderful. No hacking, no wheezing. Not that you can prove. All right. We have a gallon of Perel to put on you later. Oh, I thought that was just lube. I mean, your party, that's what I'm saying. It might burn. <laughs> it might burn on the scratches. Uh, no, it will not. Well, welcome, guys, to the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam Elnishar. What's, Today, so, what's so funny, Adam? Are you okay over there, buddy? He's in a yeah. mood. No more Folgers coffee commercial before the yeah, podcast. No, no more putting chicken feathers in your underwear. That, that either. Don't, don't do that. No, why anyone would do that, to be quite fair and honest. But, it's, uh, it's soft. It is. So today what we have with us, we don't have a guest, but our uh, we have to introduce our new editor, Scrapja. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, fellas. How about yourselves? So how does it feel being like the young Jamie of the podcast? It feels great. Uh, where are you from? I am from Ohio. So he has nothing better to do because, number <laughs> because one. Because he's in Ohio? Yeah, Ohio. Number one, basketball We're season Ohio. got closed, and that's our only good amount of sports because Lord knows they don't have any football. Wow. Well, LeBron left, so he went to L.A., so Ohio literally has They have – isn't Betty White live in Ohio? What? I'm not sure. They have the Ohio Fish Rescue. Otherwise, it's pretty yeah, much – that's dead. about it. And the Columbus Zoo, right? Yep. Yeah. They oh, got, they I got think a few there's things. a lot of, like, fish people because there's nothing better to do. Wow. It's kind of like North Dakota where I'm from. No, that, they have meth there. No, we don't. I, just, I was just there. Trust me. We can't afford it. Their teeth are missing they for some reason. They have everywhere. <laughs> well, moving on from the terrible jokes, we got some cleanup to do. Let's start with your question, Jimmy. We ignored one of our uh, audience members because you didn't log into Discord. But uh, we're going to get that question done. Why did you shave your head? Well, because, that, that's, that's the question I've got right now. Because your daughter-in-law decided to close her beauty shop in concern of COVID-19, so yeah. I have now lost my hair. Yeah, state of Minnesota says you guys are all closed, and we're all closed right now in Minnesota. The coronavirus is kicking butt through here. Uh, our governor just went into quarantine. Our Senator uh, Amy Klobuchar, who ran for president here just up to a little bit ago, her husband's in not good shape. Oh, I thought that was because of a mob. I didn't know that was COVID-19. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's like coughing up 
blood. Yeah. Oh. He, no, he's he's in. He's in, bad. He's bad. He's not doing well. We have a lot of people in in our government that are uh, are fighting this and stuff. So I guess we got to quit making fun of it because this is getting real serious, folks. Stay safe. Stay mm-hmm. indoors and listen to podcasts. There you go. So, so what's the, the question? The question I got for for top skyrocket is that who it is? I'm gonna say top. Just call. Uh, I say top cret. I don't know how to pronounce it. So forgive I, us. He's on Discord. He's one of our most loyal fans, and now we're butchering his name. Yeah, that's okay. Top secret. Top secret. There we go. He goes. Have you ever seen angelfish pair up with the same sex? I have had angelfish, especially females, pair up. Rob's has had a pair of males that have paired up together, but I've had a, uh, a pair of uh, angelfish females, and they would both go up the slate laying eggs. And I couldn't believe the first time I saw it. I go, wow! I got seven hundred eggs. That's pretty damn good. And then they didn't hatch. And I was, and this happened two or three times. And when I started actually physically watching them lay eggs the third time, I noticed that they both were laying eggs at the same time. So yeah, it does happen. Well, from going in your breeding room, I've seen two males and a female. I've seen two females and a male. I've seen two females together. But then at my house, when I got a bunch of tanks, uh, we got my big tank with a bunch of angels. Two, a normal pair, male and a female, bred in the corner, and on the other side of the tank, I had two males going at it. Literally a blank slate, two males melting all over it. Yeah, what happens is the hormones get fired up in that tank, and everybody goes crazy. It's like when they drop Angel Dust at Disco 54 back in the day in New York City when, when people were all dancing during the disco. They would actually actually drop cocaine from the ceiling, so people would kind of be snorting that and getting crazy. Crazy. That explains so much of the 80s. Well, that and it's really our fault, Jimmy, because we don't have angel dust for our aquariums. We just got to stop wearing assless chaps in front of our aquariums. That's you. I don't have assless chaps, unfortunately. Well, then what's with the train whistle? Yeah, that's, that's another story. My God, it's got off track it quick. Usually we get 15 minutes in before this happens. So, yes, if you have gay angelfish, it's decently common. Don't, uh, don't be concerned that you have uh, some... Just accept them and love them. Indeed. For the fish that they are. All right. Next Basically, qu- won't all fish just be gay or lesbian? No, I like, I can't get rainbow fish to do that. It's mainly like, <laughs> no, what, I can't what do you think mean of, you can't get them to do that? You're, you're paying whoa, them now? Live bears. Yeah. Live bears are totally gay. Like, I have. Yeah, live bears will do anything. Live bears are like, are you moving? And they'll just give it a go. <laughs> yeah. They will. Like, you can watch it. Like, I have puffer fish in there. They're pissing off continually because it's just something that can. You know, it reminds me of my high school days. Right, just running around with your, in those chaps. Um, next question, I have uh, Rex message us in again. Hey guys, uh, restart listening to the podcast again. I got caught up. Love listening to your podcast on episode four. Is there any other fish that keep the snails down? Jack Dempsey, when they are young, Acaras as well. But since I put Dempsey in the cars, I haven't had a snail sighting. So he's asking. What other fish eat snails? Well, I think Low this should be the snail podcast today. Let's, let's do a snail podcast, yeah. Top, from top to bottom. You, you've inspired this whole episode, sir, and we're going to kick this off. Well, I think clown loaches are pretty good at eating snails. Pretty much any loaches besides like a chain loach or a panda loach. If it's just a traditional loach, even like, you know, dojo loaches, weather loaches, devour them. Hunt them down, suck out the innards, no matter how big the snail. Yeah. I had a, what was it, smaller than baseball size mystery snail. That was hilarious. I thought, oh, there's no way loaches are going to go after it. One loach smaller than it sucked it out from the inside. And you cried. I mean, it's a mystery snail. I'm not crying that. So let's go down the list and talk snails today. Let's go down the trail. Put them in water. Right? There's there's your best keeping secrets. Maybe add heat if you feel like it. Don't snails, add salt. Snails, if you want to feel good about y- keeping an aquarium, 
get some snails, right? You can't go wrong with snails. Now, there are delicate snails out there, but for the most part, snails are hella forgiving. And when I grew up, I always had the wives' tale from my grandmother and my mother that snails come with disease. What do you say about that, Jimmy? I think they're wrong. I've, I've never had any disease from snails. Have so you? where did the wives' tale come from? Because as Your freaking grandmother. in the 90s, I, everybody that, you know, like go to a pet shop, oh, no, snails have disease. Like, well, uh, was it okay. misinformation? It's from Robbie's grandmother. She's she's old and she's senile and she's telling people that that happens. Poor grandma. No, no, no. Okay, so I can kind of tell where this, say where this comes. So what will happen is when people go to a pet store and you you buy that that snail or to a regular store and maybe not necessarily a good pet store, you always know how there's a, a bad snail in the tank. Jim knows. Cause, and then they stink. Well, sometimes pet store people, pet store uh, employees that don't know what the hell they're doing will throw that in your tank, in the bag, and then you take it and you just go, oh, because snails float. And they throw <laughs> it in snails there. Float. <laughs> when snails float. When do snails float? Snails will float. Do they you know fart I mean? in their shell and they just can't <laughs> get it out? Snails will float to travel further. And so what they do is they just grab one and they don't check it to make sure it's not dead. Throw it in the ta- in the bag. The people bring it home, throw it in their tank, and the, they have a rotting snail. And nothing stinks worse than a dead snail. I agree. Maybe a dead turtle. Then it gets their tank full of ammonia and all kinds of nastiness in the Kills off your tank, makes your tank full, sick with it and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, one, and, or, uh, one or two dead yeah. snails will skunk up a tank pretty easy. Oh. When I when I buy mystery snails, I usually get 100, 125. And when I go through them, I go through them with my nose. I just grab them and, and I shake them. You can hear like they're loose inside and most likely dead. But worst of all, they smell so bad that you can just pick them out. out of, you have 100 of them laying there on a the table. I'm just imagining you in a big old bag of snails going... <laughs> Yeah, that one's good. It's cheaper than cocaine, dude. So it's like you checking your underwear to make sure you can pack a bag for the week. Like, yep, that one. That one needs some. That one needs some love. Lord. All right. So sniff your snails. Don't sniff yes. your pants. Got it. There you go. All right. Mystery solved. No disease there. But no mollusks in whole are very adaptive to their environments. They can handle extreme amounts of temperature ranges. They can handle mass amounts of water conditions. They're literally built to be the scavenger of your dreams or nightmares, depending on the snail. What we want to do today is go over the good and the bad. So because we're positive people, we should start with the good list, right, Jimmy? Like Santa's list, the good list. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. So the good list, we have a whole array. Let's start with your favorite mystery snails. I love the mystery snails. Explain to us, for those that have not tried snails because they got the bad rap or they look weird, what is the design of a mystery snail? A mystery snail, normally, when we order them in, they usually come in about the size of a Super Bowl, a regular size Super Bowl. And that's almost... That's like a bouncy ball, right? Bouncy ball, right. And that's that's about as large as they get. I mean, they they will get bigger. We've seen them. You've had some that have been uh, twice that size, but but normally they don't get real huge. They come in several different colors. They come in black. They come in blue. They come in in gold. I usually just order assorted, and and it's amazing that people want one of every color. And so if if you run a pet store and you want to have multiple sales, it's just like the glowfish. Everybody wants one of each color. So with snails, if you want multiple sales, you get the the assorted mystery snails. You get three, four different colors and patterns. And then that way you can sell more snails. And what I like to do is put two or three snails in a 10-gallon tank. They do a great job of uh, taking care of uh, all the waste in the water. When I say waste, I don't mean like fish poop, but I mean like all the uneaten food and stuff like that. 
Now, with the mystery snail, there's essentially like three, what I like to call three types of snails. Shells. The shell on the mystery snail, it's not quite the full curly cue, like as in like a ram's horn design. Correct. Instead, it kind of spikes out to the side. It's just a nice, beautiful ring curl that spikes out to the side. And these come in, you said what colors again? Uh, I've, usually they come in black, they come in blue, they'll come in uh, gold, and they'll come in white. Unfortunately, the white ones are expensive. Which ones? Yeah, the white ones the are white very ones. expensive. Yeah, they're usually usually when you get in the sorted, you probably get like out of a hundred, you might get five white ones. Now the the thing with uh, these snails is they they do come as you said normally smaller sizes, but you can get some larger, and they have painted and injected these snails. Sadly, what? So really? it's not as common. I've never it's, heard that. It's hard to harder to yeah. find, but you can find injected snails. But the color never lasts. Mollusks go through the color pattern. Quite fast. I've only dealt with it once or twice. The other thing I really like about the mystery snails is uh, they lay eggs above the water line. They look like a raspberry cluster, and people get really excited when they get snail eggs. They'll probably lay anywhere between 50 to 100, depending on the size of your snail. Uh, it, but they need to be above the water line. If they are below the water line, let's say you're... Uh, Eggs are above the water line, and then you top off your tank and and submerge those eggs. Those eggs will actually drown. So they need to be above the water line. They develop. You can actually watch the development of the eggs uh, on a daily basis. And all of a sudden, one day they'll they'll pop out and they'll start falling into the tank, and they'll you'll have a whole bunch of little babies about the size of a BB, which I think is really cool. And the eggs actually change color depending on the species. Most of them come out like a almost like a flesh color. They're like white, uh, white, light pink. So it looks like just a meaty sack filled with eggs. You, trust me, you see it, you'll know it's eggs. Otherwise, some come bright pink. I've even seen darker eggs for some of like the dark blue uh, colors. Yeah, they'll come with different colors and stuff. But what I normally see is is the just a raspberry cluster, probably again about the size of a Super Bowl. And as you watch them, they actually expand and get bigger every day. So if it was, you know, a half inch across today, by the end of the week, it might be a full inch across because they, of course, grow and expand in the eggs. Now, I haven't had luck with this, but I've also seen people take razor blades and gently scrape them off to adhere into another tank. Yeah, I've seen that done. I've seen people who have put them on a wet sponge to keep them moist uh, and then actually put them like in a Tupperware container. And stuff, but I actually like leaving it in the tank above the water line and stuff. And it usually does a very good job of uh, keeping it moist. As long as it's moist, that's all that matters. So some of the pros of the of the snail is it's super hungry. It will hit any dead plant matter, extra food. In fact, we encourage that if you have this, it's not one of those snails you just want to like. Oh, he'll scavenge. Feed this snail. This is one of those snails that you want to add some extra stuff. Uh, I have not had any luck with algae wafers, although some people have. Instead, what I like to do is crack open a can of green beans. Green beans. Green beans. In the pet stores, when we're trying to grow them out or breed them out, that's what we do. We grab a can of green beans. We uh, we don't really have to even cut up the green beans because the green beans are already nice and soft. They'll rip them apart, and they chow them down. Yeah, I've had a lot of green beans over the years to snails and to uh, bristlenose plecos. I like using the French-cut green beans because they're already cut lengthwise and they're already open. It's a little bit easier for the smaller snails to get at, the smaller bristlenose to get out. But you also can put in the regular green beans. But I, I find that the French cut, and you'll find most people want to use that French cut green beans, just a little bit easier to feed. And read the back of the can. Sometimes they come pre-salted. You do not want those. You just want classic French cut, no salt green beans. Yeah. 
mystery snails that I, uh, I've seen, like the ones that we uh, did in our local store over here, they get like softball size used to get. What was the crazy size that, that you said? I used to get apple snails that were the size of a tennis ball. They got they got pretty good size, but they weren't a they tennis were ball. They were just about baseball. Like, I think that was about it. It was just a couple, though. It was like one big female that big, and it was super old. But they just packed them with green beans to get them that size. So if you want to bulk up and see how big it can get, that's the fun experiment. So the bad, right? They proliferate a ton. Those egg sacs are filled with tons of eggs. So be careful. Like, just watch your top of the water line. They're easy to take care of. You can just pop the egg sack off and throw the egg sack away if you don't want it. But if left unchecked, you'll have hundreds in your tank. And the other thing, too, about snails is as they're developing in the in the water, they absorb a huge amount of calcium. So if you have a whole bunch of snails in with baby fish, they are both competing for the calcium in the water. So you might want to add a calcium supplement or you might want to back off on the amount of snails you have in there if you're trying to grow up some baby fish. And that, that's you know, like any snails. There are some snails that require it, but some, most snails we recommend adding it just because if you're growing out of a community tank, you don't want that taken out of the water. What else you got? So, Adam, you got any more on mystery snails? Throw a cuddle bone in there. Yeah, that is true. A what bone? Cuddle bone. Cuddle bone. It's, for, it's usually used for birds. It's actually the hard part of a cuttlefish. And I never knew if, any of this. Yes. And if you throw that in... The water, it'll add some calcium to the water, but the snails will actually eat it. And, like, I've seen fish pick at it. They use it for aquatic turtles. It does quite a bit of stuff, or you can really grind it because it's just literally pure calcium. Because and the, dust, your, dust your tank with it. Because how we, uh, how Adam used to buy it was it, it's a bird supplement, correct? I mean, don't the birds use it to sharpen their beaks or something like parakeets well, or like that? Yeah, they'll, they'll chew on it and it wears their beaks down, but then also they get calcium for egg laying with it. And, then, and you can buy a box of like 50 pounds of it for like, I don't know, wholesale. It was like 25, 30 bucks at the time. Yeah. And that'll go a long, long way. Oh, yeah. You use that. Man, I'd buy two boxes a year because that's all you really need. And there's always like little tiny chunks. So I just throw those in my tanks that needed calcium. Uh, where do you even buy that? Just a pet store or? Yeah, yeah. pet stores carry it. Yeah, it's called Cuttable, and it's in a small box, like a... You remember those cherry apple pies you used to be able to buy in a small box? It's kind of about that size of a box, and uh, they hang on the store shelf. It's just called Cuttlebone, right? Yeah. Yeah, and but I bought it in bulk. Yeah, you could so, buy it in, in a big bulk package, and there'd be like, yeah. like you said, 40 or 50 of them in there. The more you yeah. know. The more you and know. Don't buy the, don't buy the colored ones, because they that are like flavored for like apples or strawberry and throw those in your tank because that'll be bad they'll nope. screw it up no butcher bones either no no dog <laughs> no. bones what if you just wanted to put it in there to look cool you know just skeleton in your tank for no apparent reason well, you do you <laughs> me do me yeah you be yeah. you fine fine don't recommend it a lot of ammonia to your tank all right next snail on the list ram's horn snail i like ram's horn why do you like ram's horn? Nice snail they're pretty so they're, they're pretty i like ram's horn because again it's a very uniquely identifiable shell. This is the second type of shell type is it's perfectly spiraled into a ram's horn, and that's the name. So they're beautiful display shells, and they almost like present themselves because they stand perfectly upright. They don't look like cockeyed like other snails. And these, I have one probably the size of a quarter 50 cent piece. That's about the biggest I've ever had one. Yeah, they're very beautiful. They come in different colors again. They come in red. They come in blue. A lot of people like the blue. They're kind of hard to find, but they're, again, they're very prolific. They lay eggs under the water line, and it looks like a little jelly mass 
I keep them in my shrimp tanks to help keep the algae down. And when I drain my shrimp tanks down 50%, I actually take a paper towel and I wipe out all the snail eggs just because I cannot, uh, I have so many ramshorn snails, I don't want them any more than I already have. So uh, it looks like a little piece of snot hanging there. It looks like with eggs in it. And, and I just wipe them out and throw it away. But uh, ramshorn is very prolific also. So the, the why this is a desired snail is because it's prolific, but it's very weak. To take care of a snail issue, it may sound inhumane, but take your finger in there and squish them. They have the softest shell, and that can cause some issues with the long-term health of a, a snail. If it gets bumped by a fish or knocked, stuck between something, they can easily crack and die. So they're more fragile, but they need calcium more than any other snail that I've ever seen. Yeah, and then I've taken, I've, I've done the same thing where I've had too many. I go in there and smash them and stuff, and uh, the, a lot of the shrimp will go after uh, the bodies and, and take out all the meat out and eat them up. You'll see a lot of times that these colors range all over, but you'll see a lot of the more desired ones are what they call the pink snails. Mm-hmm. They're actually red snails in a lot of situations that they're they're not just pink. They just don't have enough calcium in the water. Right. They they whiten up. They're just not bringing the full on colors because you haven't put enough cuddle bone in the tank. Cuddle bone? Yes. Cuddle bone, dude. Cuddle bone. God. All right. I just use the powder stuff, man. I got to get back on. I believe that you use the powder. I know. know You're so damn weird. I think you use a lot of powder up your nose. (laughs) I'm sorry. A little little allergy issue, the COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) So I had a question. I I saw on some forums where people had suggested to use bait for snails if you're trying to get rid of them, if you already have a bunch that have spawned and grown. So what would be a good piece of something that, that would be juicy and tasty that you could put in there that they could then go in and you could pull it out? So for this situation, I mean, ramshorn snails, I don't know. I've never had to bait them. I've never been overcrowded by ramshorn snails because they just use so much calcium. They'll, they'll literally crack and die bef- uh, and suck up the calcium before they proliferate. But as far as pest snails... Trumpet snails. We're, we're going to cover that when we hit the pests because we have great trapping methods, don't we, Jimmy? Oh, the, the trumpet snails are so nasty. Fun. In due time. In due time, <sighs> we'll get to trumpet snails. Get on my high horse. Next snail on our list are rabbit snails, and these are becoming more and more popular. They used to be quite uncommon. We're seeing them uh, popularity even like on lists from Seagrass and a lot of colors and big sizes now. Have you had those before, Jimmy? Yes, I do. I, I love the, the gold rabbit snails. They're very popular, um, especially when they get to about two and a half, three inches. They're just a, a big, big, beautiful snail. They're probably four times the price of a regular mystery snail, so be prepared to uh, shell out your money for those. But uh, rabbit snails, they've got many different kinds again. But um, my personal one is still that the red one. There's a bunch of different patterns they have now, black and white patterns. They come, you can get them full on size. Most snails you get small and you grow out. Like mystery snails, you can't really buy big ones. You just see the general small basic size where you can just purchase them like a Petco. These come nice and big when you get them from a wholesaler. And that's really the price behind them because they want to have that color shown. So rabbit snails are the third type of shell type. They look like a perfectly spiraled spike. They are nice and long. These things grow. I've seen them four inches. I've seen them uh, two and a half. Yeah. I I, like to see your four inch uh, spike there, Jimmy. (laughs) I'll show you four inches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The, uh, what I really like about them is they're shaped kind of like a, a bullet, which is 
no, none of the other snails really are shaped kind of in that direction other than the Malaysian trumpet snails. And I just like the way they look. I think they're really cool. Um, the flesh on them is very uh, colorful usually. I've had some blue ones. I've had some red ones. And to see the mouth on the on the glass eating and stuff, they're very, very beautiful uh, for the flesh color of the uh, of the body of the snail. So the benefit of these spike snails is they love to dig. Now, normally you think they're going to dig, they're going to ruin your aquarium. Snails don't do that because they're digging slow. They're not going to collapse, rip out plants. Instead, they aerate pockets in your substrate. So if you have a sand substrate like most of my tanks, it's wonderful because you don't have to put a tongue in there every couple months to release gases. They will do that on their own, sifting your sand for you. They're kind of like earthworms in the, in the, uh, in the soil, comparatively correct. Well, except you don't put them on a yeah. fish hook. Yeah, yes. well, you could. Don't do that. They're delicious. We don't recommend it. The pros, right? They only get, you said, four inches. <laughs> I've yet to see that. I see like two, two and a half inches. Definitely need to see Jimmy's four-inch monsters, but <laughs> they are a slow breed private and a life slow grow. Private. That's right. Private life stays private. Wink, wink. They are, again, slow breed and a slow grow. So if you want to snail the last a while, you're, you're going to get your money's worth. And... In fact, some people don't even have luck breeding them. I don't think they have a lot of babies, if I remember right. I think they, they have very few few babies at a crack. I'm not real sure. I've never done any type of breeding with them and stuff. I've always just bought them, sold them. And are these the live-bearing ones? Yes. Yeah. I believe rabbit snails do do uh, live-bearers as well. Yeah, so then they probably – I think they only have like a dozen off the top, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know it's not a lot. The cons are if you have a java fern, good luck. It's – it's like, uh, I don't know, how do I explain it? Rob's and ranch dressing. Ooh. It will disappear immediately. If there's any java fern, they will hunt it out, sniff it down, and mow it to a nub. Gone. Gone. Now, other plants they'll leave alone, but some reason java fern is delicious. Is just like kitty catnip to a cat. Oh. Like, just gone. Next snail, unless uh, you got something more, Adam. No, I'm just, I'm trying to think, and I can't. I think that's good. Should we play the theme from Jeopardy right here so you can think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, boy. I got nothing. Yeah, all right. All right. We tried. Didn't even get through a whole cycle of the song. Almost. And in time. So next one would be, I, I could say, the most popular and my personal favorite if you're looking for a beginner snail. Again, so cost you some money, but the nearite snails. Nearite snails come in a ton of different color patterns. A plethora. They have a more shallow shell, or almost like a bubble. Um, design again it's that curly q design kind of like the uh, mystery snail but much more lower profile and the patterns you can get on these they come in like how do we say cougar mom's prints that you'd see on her pants <laughs> they, they come they come in they come in leopard they come in uh, tiger stripe tiger stripe zebra stripe or whatever they want to call it they come with tire tracks I've... they come with horns they, horned yeah yeah little horn yeah they're snails. horned some of these look like the spandex from 80s hair metal bands. Yes. Yes. In fact, I think that's what does, you know, probably inspired the design. That's right. Every well, time you think you've seen it all, you see another pattern for a nearite snail. Yeah, because they watched MTV when they were growing up. Clearly. Absolutely. Clearly. So the benefits of a nearite snail is they don't get big. They stay a nice mild size. They are very slow comparative to snails, but you can see their mouth action. It's almost like they're the Roomba of the aquarium. So if you see them on glass, you'll actually see their little round mouth and it pulsating, cleaning the glass as it goes over. It's really a fun, interactive snail for kids, but uh, they don't breed in fresh water. 
No, I think you almost need to go to Brackish or Saltwater to get them breed, don't you? Yeah, I thought it was pure salt. You got to do a ton of sodium to get it uh, eggs to even, even pop at all. So if you want uh, something to guarantee never to proliferate in your freshwater aquarium, this is the snail for you. So then what is the lifespan of these? Yeah, what Have you seen them for, for a lifespan, Jimmy? Those, I, I've seen them up to a year, year and a half. But, I mean, I don't know how old they are when I get them. You know, because they have to be a certain size to to sell them. Except the uh, the horn nearite snails come in very very small. I've seen. I've probably tracked mine for over two years. Um, I'm looking online. It shows yeah one to two years. Um, someone said a super impressive seven year rate. Uh, that's very hard for me to believe. Again, I've I still have mine after two years. Don't know uh, if it's going to go much further. I wonder if they would live longer if you put them in salt water. Like if we actually just shorten their lifespan a tremendous amount by putting them in fresh water. That's a good point. That's a great point. Is it really worth it if you're killing the animal or shortening its life expectancy? Well, there's also a theory that mollusks um, age with different temperatures. The h- higher the temperature, it's probably going to age faster. If you do a little bit cooler in your tank, your snail's probably going to last a bit longer. I mean, they you certainly should. grow better in hot wa- uh, hotter water. Yeah, but then you burn them out. That would be the idea. That's the same thing with breeding angelfish. The warmer you keep them, the more often they'll breed, but then you you burn them out pretty quick. So, again, the pros, you can't breed them in fresh water. They are a massive surface cleaner. That's on objects. That's on glass. That's on leaves in the tank, filter heads, anything that they can get. They're a, they're a Roomba for your, your tank. They're extremely pretty. They have all different colors, patterns. Um, they stay relatively nice size. Uh, they're just expensive, and uh, you know, cons—they can't breed in fresh water. <laughs> and and what's what's really cool about them when you say they're a Roomba? If anybody has a video of their cat riding on your snail while he's cleaning your tank, send it to us because I want to see it. You can send it to our Discord at AquariumGuysPodcast dot com. <laughs> it's on the bottom of the webpage. There's a link to it. Discord is our chat, and we we share pictures, videos. That's actually how we're recording the podcast right now. So certainly check it out. I heard Adam sigh real. He didn't like that joke. Dadjokes.com. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think that out of this list, if you're trying to do a beginner snail, this is the snail. It doesn't proliferate. You don't have to worry about it. It's pretty. You just got to shell a little bit of money. Yeah. They're about four times the price of of a regular mystery snail. He said shell. Shell. (laughs) Shell you. Shell you. There, there we go. That's going to be our new cuss thing. Shell you. Shell you. (laughs) So we don't get the duck? No, nope, no ducks. No ducks. We're gonna just we're, we're gonna shell it up. Hey, did you guys hear about about the snail that came knocking on the door? Perhaps? No, you didn't. You didn't hear about this. So, so the, the snail came up and, and knocked on, on the door of, and, and this guy looks down and sees the snail, and he goes, "Why is the snail here?" So he picks up the snail and he throws it as far as he can. And about two years later, there's another knock on the door. He looks down and it's the same snail. The snail says, "What the hell's that about?" You get it. Not at all. It took him two years to come back. God, you guys suck. Wow. Wow. I, if you producer, if you don't put crickets here, <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, right? that that is that is that is a good joke. You know, it took two years for the shell to and, and 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 then he said, What the hell is that about? Why did you throw me? Hey, go shell yourself. Oh jeez. Go shell yourself. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, that was a good good snail joke. Next on our good snails list is the Japanese trapdoor snails. 
Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with other trapdoor snails that are not in the Aquarius hobby. Most of them are Japanese trapdoor snails, otherwise known as the Chinese mystery snail. So the pros on these, and I haven't had a lot of these. This is just a research that I've uh, found and talked to other people with because I've seen people with these. Is they, again, huge on algae. They will munch on algae before they munch on anything else. They, again, they're a more of a cross between the spike style and more of the mystery uh, snail swirl. They won't really leave, uh, or they won't really touch plants. At least I've never heard of them touching plants. Keep them well fed. If you don't have enough algae in the tank, they'll move on to something else. So I guess that would be the only risk for, for hitting plants, but these are expensive. Again, they don't really breed that often and not a whole lot that I've seen from uh, other aquarists that are breeding them. Generally, if a snail breeds, you can get it from a friend and buy a couple from a friend. That's why I don't see these a lot around a lot is because I don't have friends that have luck with breeding them. The um, I get them from the goldfish people, and they get them out of their ponds, and they sell them by the 500. So I'm thinking they're pretty prolific because they get them out of their ponds. And I've, I've ordered like a quarter bag, which is usually like 125. They're not all that expensive. They're supposed to throw them in your pond. And they're supposed to do a pretty good job. I've never had really good luck with them because they're kept in such cold water. But uh, they're usually black, uh, kind of ugly, kind of full of moss. Yeah, They just look like an unkept snail. Like They just don't care about themselves. They're supposed to be extremely hardy compared to other snails, which is why you're seeing them in ponds. They get very large sizes. When I said they hit algae, they're vivacious. That's why you have to keep them so well-fed. So maybe that pond life does matter. But also, these are not an asexual snail. These have male and female, so that might be some of the issues where I'm seeing my friends not be able to breed them. They're not asexual? They are not asexual. That is interesting. I did not know that. They're always available through uh, the goldfish people. There's people in Missouri and uh, Arkansas that, that professionally breed goldfish by the millions, and they're always on the list. They have, last time I checked, the other thing they had that was kind of interesting is they had mosquito fish, which you don't see a lot of. Those uh, things are vicious. Yeah, and I don't know, is gambusia the same thing as mosquito fish, Adam? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Gambusia is the same thing. I've got one. I've got one person that lists them as Gambusia, and the other one as mosquito fish. They do a great job. If you have a, a ditch in front of your house that's full of uh, mosquitoes, and uh, I have brought in boxes for people who had a golf course, and they did very well until freeze up time, and then they went. They're really good if you have like a small pond that you know you don't have any koi in or anything well you could put them with there the koi will just snack on them You're right so they become oh, a, yeah. a tasty snack so with the trapdoor snails again pros massive algae destroyers anything in your tank that resembles algae it'll just mow down cons feed it well do blanched vegetables you know like we mentioned before the green beans if you have fresh vegetables make sure to blanch them because again that wilts them and Shows them that it's a dead, decaying plant, so they'll knob it up. But you yeah. know, feed it well, and uh, it shouldn't touch plants. Yeah, if you're looking for them out there, uh, go to your pond people that you get your koi from. They're, they're ones that are most likely to be carrying them. And they also dig. I forgot to mention that. Are this they another digger digging species. Maybe that's So then they... you wouldn't want them in a planted tank because they just dig up your plants. Well, they're, I wouldn't be worried about digging up plants, but they're so large that they'll probably leave you know, gutters in your substrate comparative to something like the rabbit snail. Next on the list is the black devil snail. What's that? What the hell is that? Never heard of it. 
So black yeah. devil snails. I'm calling BS on this. I think you're making stuff up. Another spike snail. They are p- generally pure blacks. So they have some white uh, specks on them. And these are great as far as destroying everything in your tank, but they will munch every live plant to death. Are they like a rabbit snail? They, they, look, they look similar to a rabbit snail. They're similar to a rabbit snail as, as far as design, but these will definitely obliterate all your plants. Super hardy. Be careful where you, you put them. These will definitely do the three inches, maybe even a four, but commonly they're the two to three inch size. And that's long, not around, because again, these are spike snails. So length more than girth. So the good thing about these is... These are the, another species that will not hatch in freshwater. So if you're looking for a, a rabbit snail-like thing that had nice, pretty, black um, spike that'll dig, this is the better option if you don't want them to proliferate, if you're worried about that at all. Never seen them. We'll have to get some. Well, just inspired from this episode, we'll have to get one of each, except for the pest snails, because we already have those somewhere by hiding the, in a ditch. By the millions. The last on the good snails list. Now, there are other snails. We can't cap them all, but these are the most common that we're doing down the list. So if there's something that you want to hear about, certainly message us on the AquariumGuysPodcast.com. Our email's on the website. We have a phone number for you to call in with your questions. We'll happily answer any follow-up questions after this. And again, if we can't, uh, haven't had the snail, we don't know about it, we will find an expert to answer that question for you. Or we'll just make up some shit. No, no. We'll get the expert. Oh, okay. We'll get yeah. the expert. So last one, my favorite snail is the assassin snail. So as far as color goes, the assassin snail beats it. It's just that perfect spiral black and white or black and yellow pattern. They're kind of like the nice spike, cross between spike and the spiral pattern on the, on the shell. They only get, you know, about an inch. But these are the hunters of the tank. And why I like them is because not only are they scavengers, they're not really there to clean your algae, but they will... Cr- clean up, you know, debris, decaying plant matter. And above all else, they will kill all other snails that are not assassin snails. So if you're having a snail issue... I thought assassin snails kill each other, too. I haven't had that uh, that big of an issue. I have, oh, what do you say, Jimmy? I'm a collection of, what, 50, 60 in my tank right now? Do those just the ones we can see? Yeah, and then I've got probably a dozen over at my place that you've given me over the last little bit. They are very slow to breed, so it took me a very long time to get that number up. I think that uh, maybe if there was no food available, they may become cannibalistic. But uh, if you keep them well fed, I think they'll be uh, just fine. So generally, you go by you know what are the empty snails in your tank? So these assassin snails, they'll go out. They have kind of like an elephant trunk. I don't know the actual name. Chris Biggs is going to pick on me for this one, but it looks like a a tube in front of their face. That is essentially their nostrils. They interact with uh, objects and they hunt down other snails, unless they're fat and lazy like the ones I gave you. <laughs> they are kind of fat and lazy. So they'll hunt down any other pest snails, and what you'll see is just random snail shells all over your tank, just empty and gutted. I had so many ram's horn snails uh, that Rob gave me some of the assassin snails, and I threw them in there and stuff. And I thought it was going to, like, overnight they would kill them all, but it, it just took a while. And you found a, you know, a little plethora of empty shells on the bottom. Now I probably have, like I said, a, a dozen or 18 of them. I think I, you probably gave me six or eight and they're slowly breeding and stuff. And as I see them, it was I, that like six months ago, maybe yeah, more. It's been a long time. And so when I when I get three or four in one tank, I'll throw them over to the next tank. And I have about twenty five, uh, thirty shrimp tanks. Uh, I like the ram's horn snails in there to help clean up the glass. But once they become out of control, then I like to put in the assassin snails. So you can you they eat the snail eggs too? Yes, they will. They will also eat baby shrimp if they can catch them. 
Yeah. But that's very few and far between. I've only caught that in like a two-gallon aquarium, and there was nothing else to eat. And it just happened to be there. Yeah, if they can catch maybe up with it. Maybe it was a special one. Maybe. Maybe it was just a dunce shrimp. Could be. Yeah. A dumb shrimp. Dumb shrimp. You can look up this on YouTube. This is one of my favorite things. Specifically, ram's horn snails have hemoglobin in their blood. So they're actually, they actually bleed red. So it's the funnest thing that if you have a big ram's horn snail, put it in with an assassin snail and watch the hunt. It's like watching your own serial killer movie. It'll slowly catch up to it. It'll pin it down. And a second trunk pops out from the assassin snail. And that is what they literally eat them alive. There's no poison. That's a misconception from people. They literally just pin them down and they eat them bite by bite. So you'll see it eating a couple bites and then you'll start seeing bleeding all over the tank. It sounds like a th- like a, a scene from Jaws or something. It is very cool. It is you see blood spewing from a from a snail, and it, it's great for cine, uh, cinema. So go on YouTube. <laughs> not safe for work to watch snails bleed on your aquarium, but uh, give it a go. Ram's horn snails are the only ones that I know of with hemoglobin in their blood. Wow, that's information that I'll never use. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Other misconceptions with assassin snails. Um, you said that they eat each other. I haven't had that. I'm assuming any fish would eat each other given a starving issue. I've only had like a few um, shells in my tank that are empty, and I'm assuming those were old age because they were so big. I, I don't have a lot of issues with it. But the thing that I thought was a big misconception is when you have a big, giant mystery snail in your tank, this thing could be, you know what? Golf ball size. Go, uh, or closer to baseball size. No. You just assume that this giant snail in your tank, there's no way a tiny assassin snail is going to hit it. And that's the truth. One won't take it down. One won't even bother. It'll be a little annoyance. It'll ride on its back. It'll be a pest. But if you have six, ten snails in your tank, they hunt in packs. They will all get, come together and they will all take a giant snail down. And have so escargot. Like the velociraptors of the snail world. Absolutely. There you go. It is the coolest experiment I've ever done. Wow, you guys are twisted. I didn't know they would. I literally put them in there like, nah, there's no way. And then one day I came in, he's dead and just surrounded with these things. Just rode him, rode his back. <laughs> that's, that's so twisted. Give these guys a try. They're extremely hardy. They, the only thing I've ever seen them pick on is, you know, baby shrimp if they're dumb and slow. They still clean up scraps from the tank. I, they eat flake. They'll eat anything you put in the tank. They do not clean glass. They do eat decaying plant matter. And they're very slow to breed. Fun snail. All right, should we, should, should we talk about pests now? I, don't get me started. God. And let's save MTS for last. You know, that, that'll be like our big sign off for everyone. All right, my blood pressure just dropped. All right, so let's go in order of the pests, shall we? This is uh, my list. doesn't necessarily have to be the truth. Number one, bladder or mud snails. What the hell is that? These are tiny little, almost opaque shells that are brown in your tank, and they're very small, tiny little snails. So if you see, get a plant and suddenly you see these tiny little weird opaque snails that don't grow very big in your tank, give it three days you'll see these tiny little goo dots all over your tank. Like someone took a pinhead and just dipped it in goo and tapped it all over your glass. Ew. You know which ones I'm talking about, right, Jim? The the the, the goo snails? Yeah, you know which ones. Those little they look like little tiny peas almost. That's what these are. Ew. Yeah. And they and normally I mean you don't go out and buy them, but they just come in on a, on aquatic plants, correct? No one sells these snails with their right mind anyway. You won't see them on yeah. a fish list. You won't see them sold in the pet store unless someone's like, ooh, I want that for my puffer fish. 
And what do they do? What do they eat? They just everything, anything in the tank. A little bit of uh, you know algae on the glass, but they really don't do a good job cleaning up. They just hit wherever they feel like there could be food. Where other snails, they will you know clean a, a area out. This is just lines across the tank randomly. And what do I what do I do to get rid of these things? Uh, bleach your aquarium. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Assassin loaches. snails do a great job. Loaches do a great job, and supposedly. Shrimp are supposed to eat the eggs off the glass, but if the shrimp are already well-fed, they'll probably ignore the eggs as last resort. Placos do a great job of eating snails, uh, snail eggs off the glass, but will not stop their breeding. Interesting. They are probably the second most prolific snail I've ever ever seen. Under low food conditions, the, though, these guys will still breed. So if you have almost nothing in the uh, tank, bare tank, almost no algae... They'll still procreate, whereas other snails like MTS only procreate based upon how much food is in the tank. You won't see a massive explosion in a completely bare tank. So as our friend uh, Julie from Secrets Farm says, they'll breed in a toilet. I've tested that because I put them in my toilet, forgot to flush for a day, saw eggs in my toilet. (laughs) Are you sure there are eggs, Rob? I'm just wondering. I mean, it could be crap residue, but uh, they're pretty small. (laughs) Pretty small. Bladder snails come on any plant it's almost impossible to see because their eggs are everywhere and they'll lay on everything and they're very very small eggs you don't see it like a big old goo ball like you do a ram's horn snail to get these off your plants you can do plant dips when you get by plants but even still with hard dips their coating on the goo from the eggs protect them so well that it's almost impossible to catch these snails so the best thing to do is have pest eradicators like loaches Placos to eat the eggs. What else do you recommend? I would probably just call, you know, the guy that, that traps rats and stuff. What's that guy called? Exterminator? The exterminator. I'd call the exterminator. And have I thought you were going to say Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That too. Just have them come on over and, and uh, you know, spray something in the water to kill them. I did see on an article here it says that uh, sometimes betas may eat smaller snails and goldfish, larger ones, will hoover up snails at times. These snails definitely are snacks for fish that don't generally eat snails because their shells are so thin and they're so small that they're crunchy, delicious little bits. But unless you have something that's hunting the snail, those aren't going to – like goldfish is not going to keep a snail population down. They're going to hit them every now and again. Magically delicious. Magically delicious. So the next upgrade is the pond snail. Now, bladder snails, mud snails, look exactly like a pond snail. The difference is they just get bigger. So what what is your experience, Jimmy, with the pond snail? Pond snails, I've not had a lot of a uh, luck with. I bring them in. And whoa, whoa! You bring them in. I bring them in and sell them. Yeah, you're a monster. Yeah. Why do you do this? Some people ask for them. And who asks for them in the right mind? Crazy koi people. Ooh, I don't want algae in my tank. Get me pond snails. Yeah. You know, get some Japanese trapdoor snails, man. That's yeah. what we're saying. Spend the money. A lot of times you'll get in uh, feeder goldfish, you'll get in uh, koi, and those snails will just be in the bag. And I've taken them and I've tossed them in a tank to see what they'll do, and they, they're just a nasty little snail. They're vivacious. Again, it's just a bit larger variety of a snail that, uh, like the bladder snail, that just proliferates. But the difference is these will destroy plants on top of it. So they're bigger, they destroy plants, and they're just as mass-producing. Now, we, we talked about all these other snails and stuff, and one of my favorite snails still to this day is the apple snail, which are illegal in most places now. And that is next on our list for pests. Let's talk about apple snails. All you, buddy. Back in the day when I first started doing... 
uh, wholesale, we would order these apple snails in. They would come in. They would be the size of a tennis ball, would be the smallest they would be. Very, very hard shell, very, very large mouth on them. They actually would have a tough time in a tank when they would come from one side of the tank to go to the other side and they'd hit the corner. They were so goddamn big that, that the mouth would barely be able to sneak over to the other side of the glass and get through. And we sold a bajillion of those things back in the day when they when they were legal. I always loved them, but um, how come they've been put on the nasty list? Is it because they eat everything? They eat everything, and they can live in a lot of environments where other snails would die out from frost and other other sources. They don't die. They just keep on living. So we get a lot of times like mystery snails are just apple snails, right? They're just colorful. Well, they're they're similar. They're cousins. They're not uh, quite the same snail. Apple snails are definitely the pest. They grow a lot larger. They do a lot more damage and can survive a lot more than a traditional mystery snail. So like a lot of the, the apple snails, that, they used to come out of Florida, but now Florida has has banned them because it was... They ban all the cool pets. Yeah, they banned them. You know, the, the 200-foot anacondas, apple snails, all the nasty things in, in life they have banned. But um, when, they get, when apple snails are introduced out into the Everglades and whatnot, they just destroy the habitat. And that's, a, that's part of the reason that they've, they've been banned. Uh, they're very hard to find, uh, and you have to check your local state laws if you can even have apple snails. I think they'll even live in Minnesota because they're banned in Minnesota, as far as I remember. I've had heard rumors, nothing confirmed, that they've entered closed waterways that they've actually had to bleach out. Really? In protecting of it, just in case. Now, I think it was probably like some like small pond. It was probably a lake setting with a lot of uh, creatures, but the DNR does have the ability to do that, and we'll take, uh, take that into consideration in some areas. Jimmy. What? Do you have your soapbox ready? I don't. My blood pressure goes up 40 points when we talk about these things. I had a peaceful argument with one of my fans in Discord. This gentleman loves Malaysian trumpet snails. I, however, do. No, no, no. He is not stupid. He just knows the pros and cons of them before he got the trumpet snails and has controlled them successfully, which most aquarists do not do. Go ahead. You start. I'll, I'll pretend to be in the camp that likes them. You just do you and get on that soapbox and tell us why we shouldn't have these things. These trumpet snails. I hate them. I'm watching you. That little vein on your forehead oh, man. just throb right now. You know, I, I go on Aquabid and I see people are selling the things by the hundred. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just going, I mean, I understand. You need one. You, you need one and in, in a week you'll have a thousand. They, if you see 30 in your tank, you've got 3,000 in your gravel. I had gotten a, my 125, I'd gotten some Malaysian trumpet snails. Didn't know where they came from. Found out that where I, most likely they came from was some gravel that had been dried up. We used to keep gravel in a big plastic bag. We bought it bulk, probably um, 50 pounds, I think, at the time we'd, we would buy it. I put uh, the gravel in the tank, set the tank up. And within about two weeks, I was getting ready to put some fish in. I looked in there, and I've got trumpet snails. Not one, but hundreds of them. And they're they're tiny. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go in there and push them with my finger and start killing them, you know. And I want to put in some clown loaches. And I go in there, and their shells are so, so very, very hard. And the bigger they get, the harder they are to try to control. So then my next step was I bought 150 clown loaches and put in that tank. And they went through and got a lot of them, but they didn't get all of them because they would bury themselves so far in the gravel. So one of my friends, our, our friends from West Fargo, the Tropical Fish Shop, says, well, if, if you want to try to, to get some, said every night, just go in there and, and put a small six-inch saucer 
on the bottom of the tank and throw a whole bunch of algae wafers on the saucer, turn off the light, go home, come back the next day. I came back the next day, I turned on the light, and, and my six-inch saucer was 100% covered with snails a half inch deep. And uh, I probably took out, I think, a half a pound of, of snails because they're, they're pretty heavy when you pull them out. This went on for two weeks. I did this every night for two weeks. I thought, well, I finally got them under control. I sold the clown loaches. I put in some angelfish, turned on the light the next morning. Got thousands of them everywhere on the gravel. As soon as they turn on the light, they start going through the goddamn gravel again. And it's like kind of like watching that movie Tremors. You can see the gravel moving underneath the angelfish, and you're going, this is just too creepy. So finally, just lost my mind. I took all my angelfish out. I put in about three, four gallons of bleach in a 120-gallon tank. Just got them high, basically. I mean, they were kind of like, yeah, that was good. So then I just drained the tank, threw away all the gravel, let the tank be dry for about three to four months, put water back in them. Yeah, guess what? And it's not just dry. Let, let's adequate that this is Minnesota. You probably put it outside, let it freeze. Yeah, I put it in my, in, in my in my garage where it gets to be pretty damn cold below zero, and yet these things are still pop up like cockroaches. They're the cockroaches of the aquarium. So what you're saying is, just to elaborate for the audience, that there are three things in life we can guarantee. Malaysian trumpet snails, death, and taxes. And cockroaches. And cockroaches. That's well, I mean, Malaysian trumpet snails are higher on the list. Uh, so, and water bears. Water bears. Exactly. <laughs> the, little, the, little, the little water bears, the terangids or whatever they are, they're basically, they'll live outside in the vacuum of space. I'm pretty sure that these Malaysian trumpet snails will do that too. They came from outer space. I am positive that somebody <laughs> sent them from outer space. Freaking Martians or Bigfoot, one of the two. So let's go over the facts of the Malaysian trumpet snail. Number one, they're a nice spike snail, but they're very small. They only grow an inch. They are asexual, so you don't need a male and female combo. They are live bearers, so they don't have to have eggs to get consumed or you know killed by something else. And they dig deep into any substrate. Some snails can only go in sand. This can dig right through your gravel. They have some real power to them. They have extremely hard shells. You, I have. I don't think I've ever actually like fully crushed a live one with my fingers. Even they're so hard. They breed vivaciously. It's not just you know one or two. They they go off based upon food source. This is crucial now in knowing the MTS. So in your breeders. You do a ton of water changes. You're breeding high. Uh, you're putting in high protein foods. There's not a lot of plants in a lot of the breeding systems that you've had. So when you flip over this plate, thousands of them, right? There's a lot of food. There's a lot of changing. But the argument on the other side of the coin is these are the apex perfect snail. They're small to aerate the soil. They go literally everywhere, gravel or not, so rocks don't get in their way. They aerate the soil better than any other snail. They are small enough to get in the tiniest crevices and cracks of any plant to clean them off. They eat anything besides a living plant. They do not touch living plants. There's not a better snail for a cleaning monster out there because they proliferate. The big issue that I have with them, that you have with them, and some of our listeners have actually put pictures on, is they're so small when they're young because they're live live bearers, and they have such hard shells even at a young, young age. They get in any filter that you have that isn't a sponge filter and burns out the motor. I have yep. lost filters after filter, just throwing money at them, whether it's canister filter, hang on the back filter, any motorized filter, they get in and burn out consistently because the shells are so hard they get stuck in the propellers. 
and and you never see one really die. I mean, it seems like they live forever. I mean, you don't find a whole lot of empty shells when you've got thousands of them. And you think that the, that they would they would die and they would skunk up a tank, but they don't ever puke out a tank. It seems like. And they're so small that when they do puke out, it, there's not a lot there to rot, even with a full grown one inch one, which is even adds more benefits to these the planted aquarium. So if you want a great planted aquarium and the plants are your number one priority and you're using nothing but sponge filters in your tank or sponge heads on your filters, even then I'm, I'll get to that in a minute. But sponge filter planted tanks, nothing better. And that's why people like love these and why I've had conversations with plenty of like expert aquarists in Discord is they have separate luck than Jimmy and I, frankly. They have just sponge filters. They do low feedings. They'll feed every four days in their tank. They're plant-focused, and they have a lot of scavengers. They don't proliferate like other tanks do that don't have plants or are breeders that focus on high-protein diet. I saw a really cool article a few years back, and somebody was having so much trouble trying to raise baby fish. And I can't remember if they were raising mollies or guppies, but one of their friends came over and said, you know, you need to move your babies out of this tank because there's way too many Malaysian trumpet snails. You know, if you see three, you've got 3,000. And so he took two identical spawns that were the, the same day. I think it was like 40 or 45 fish, and he put 45 of them, 50 fish, whatever it was, in a bare-bottom tank with no snails, and they put them in the other one with the snails, and they had four times the growth in the tank that was just bare bottom because the calcium was not being used up by these Malaysian trumpet snails. And so if you're trying to raise baby fish, you're trying to raise them up quick, all the calcium is being absorbed in the water. Actually, your calcium will be depleted in the water and the fish won't grow and they need calcium for bone development. So if you're if that's your goal is you're trying to raise baby fish and you've got a bunch of Malaysian trumpet snails in here, you uh, probably have better luck if you move them to a different tank. Now, there are ways to try to control the populations if you're trying to do that. Number one is feeding. That's where this all starts. If you're putting a lot of food or an excess amount of bacteria in the, the tank where it has algae growth, something booming, the more food they have, the more they proliferate. If you can control what's in the tank, you can control the number. That's how it starts. But they'll still proliferate. Let's be real here. You see one, you see 100. You can do snail traps. Jimmy, you were talking about putting on a plate. Well, that's one way if you have a real problem, but they actually sell snail traps for a couple bucks on Amazon. You can go find them. You bait the, bait the middle of them with some food, and you pull them out, and you can control the numbers that way. But there's no perfect way of, of doing it unless you have some loach that digs down deep beneath the soil, and they're still not going to hit everyone. I use a ton of assassin snails to keep them out because I want them out of my tank so I don't have to worry about the food control and even one getting stuck in my filter. People, you know, argue that you can use a sponge for the tip of your filter. Like I have a hang on back bio wheel filters and just put a sponge around the tip. Well, these things are so strong. They push through gravel that they push right through the edge of the sponge and still get in my, my filter. I have had the worst luck that I've seen other people just not have an issue with. And these, these things too are so small when, when they're born that if, it, if they would get sucked or get past the sponge and they get inside, once they develop inside your, your filter. Because they're like rats. Yeah, they're just like rats and they will screw up your filter. They remind me so much of the, uh, what's the mollusk that we have here in Minnesota that is destroying Oh, zebra mussels? That's what they remind me of. The these zebra- are a bit worse, but hey, zebra mussels live in Minnesota. Yeah, zebra mussels live in Minnesota. They get on your, uh, your docks and whatnot. And there again, they, they destroy your, your beach and they're very, very sharp on your feet when they die. 
So it's, it's and very heavy. It's like having a whole bunch of shredded uh, clamshells at the base of your feet when you're walking out in the water. I wonder if these would actually live in Minnesota lakes. There's a lot of species in Minnesota lakes that you know normally they just don't worry about in the aquarium trade. You know, a hard winter freeze, they're dead. I don't think I think these would live through it. There are red swamp crayfish that we were talking with the DNR on a prior podcast that are only known in tropical climates. They only can handle heat. They have now been released into a lake in Minnesota, have adapted to our winter climate. So fish have a lot harder time adapting to anything. You know, if crayfish can do it, sure as hell a snail can easily adapt to different climates. So I'm, I'm, I would believe that in the future someone might screw up, put it maybe southern Minnesota in an easier climate. Maybe it's a spring-fed lake that has a little bit of warmth, and that's all it takes to make one of the most invasive species possible in any lake or stream in Minnesota. Yeah, they're horrible little animals. So if you want to make your own trap, regardless of purchasing one on Amazon, go get yourself a little Tupperware or a little container with a sealed lid, a plastic container from your local Walmart or Family Dollar, and drill some holes. Get a nice drill bit, put some holes all around it. You bait the inside of it with food, and you can literally bury that in the sand or put it like half above, so at least the top is exposed, and just watch the snails crawl in it, open up the lid, and you have all the snails in it after one night. Yeah, and they're pretty nocturnal, so I mean, they, they really move around in the dark. So if you flip off your light and uh, get up in the morning and check that trap, it'd be plumb full. Now, would gravel be a good medium to put in there to hold it down? To hold the, the trap down, or? Yeah. Just put a rock on the top of it. That's all you really need to do. The container isn't sealed because you're putting holes in it, so the container shouldn't float by default. But absolutely, if you need something to hold it down, you know, put a little gravel on top, sand, whatever you want to do it. You don't have to cover it. Leaving a holes exposed above and then holes underneath in the the gravel both help. Yeah, and even if, you, if it does float, just put it like Adam just said. Just put a rock on there because what you're going to do is you're going to take this thing out and you're going to just smack it into the garbage and throw it away. So I mean. You'll eventually keep get rid of all your gravel that way if you continually put gravel in there. So we've already talked about the positives. And when I talk about positives, again, that vein pops in your head, Jimmy, so I apologize. But still, there's not a better snail for plants as long as you have sponge filters. If you have any other filter, good night. The other thing you can do with these and why they sell them on Aquabid by the hundreds is for puffer fish food. Because the snail shell is so hard, harder than anything else we have in aquariums, it's perfect for pufferfish teeth. You want them to eat those hard snail objects to keep the, their teeth from growing. Uh, some people say clean, but that's a misconception. They like crunchy, delicious snails. So, you know, go nuts. Feed a couple. Just know that when you put them in your tank, they will proliferate. They're permanently in that tank forever, potentially. So are you saying pufferfish have teeth like a... Uh like a vermin of some sorts where they have to be gnawing on things constantly? Yes. Like a beaver. Yeah. Like a beaver. Yeah. Pufferfish teeth, they need to be worn down, I think, every three months. Depends on the size of the puffer. But if you actually don't feed your pufferfish snails or something that it can chew down and wear its teeth down, you'll actually have to take it out of the water Dose, put it in a little container with some clove oil. I have no idea why clove oil or where the hell they came up with that. But you have to douse it with clove oil and then take a fingernail clipper and clip the tips of their teeth because otherwise they can't close their mouth. They just, and then they starve. Wow. So what's good information? What did you feed puffers in your pet store, Adam? Oh, anything they wanted. 
Um, I, I mean, they would eat just about anything. I fed them a lot of frozen food, a lot, a lot of snails whenever I'd get a snail problem. But I mean, I try to wear that down constantly. Every now and then I'd get up, upset at like a little crayfish that I'd get from Jim that was like a bonus crayfish and I'd throw that in there. They'd rip its arms off. But yeah, they just, you need to keep their teeth trimmed constantly. Savages. So I see some people with like <laughs> with large mobu puffers and they feed clams. You can buy frozen clams. They're not for human consumption and they're fully in shell and it's funner than hell watching a puffer literally crunch up and you can hear through the aquarium, a closed aquarium, hear the shells crunching in their mouth. It's that, really fun. That's what Rich and Josh do, don't they? They they feed clams? Absolutely. Jimmy, do you feel better now that they got this out of your system? I feel better, but if, if you come home and, and put a Malaysian trumpet steel in my tank, you know, I'm going to burn your house down. Don't do this as a, as a prank to somebody, no. right? You use, you know, dildos. Those yeah. are accepted clown as a prank. Puke. You use clown puke. Do not put MTS in anyone's tank. That literally is a, is a point where you have to choose. I'm either going to go full planted with sponge filters or I have to burn your house down. Burn my house down. <laughs> burn your house down. Don't do it to a friend. That's 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 cruel and unusual. Adam, you got anything else on the snail subject that we uh, you think we've uh, misrepresented about what the or that we're missing? I'm trying to think here. Oh, um, I was looking something up, and supposedly snails can carry um, different small parasites into your water if you have them outside. And they can maybe transport ick into your tank. Well, any object that's in your tank that's in the bottom of part of your tank can transport ick. So if you had, you know, something in your substrate, plants, because it always falls at the bottom because of the cycle of ick, it'll transport it because it's a wet object. You're not drying that thing out for five days before you put it into another aquarium. Absolutely. They won't be affected by ick, but they can certainly uh, transport Spread any, it around. Anything that's wet transporting from an aquarium that has ick is a potential problem worse if it's on the bottom of the aquarium and remember if you have a tank full of fish that have ick and you're going to treat it with copper that it's most likely going to kill your snails throw a penny in there unless they're mts (laughs) yeah yeah they're actually not bothered by copper the malaysian trumpet snails aren't yeah malaysian trumpet snails aren't bothered by nuclear waste they're not (laughs) There, there's so many things that don't bother them, which is... You drank, you know, at least a case of beer, pissed in the aquarium, and still nothing. No, no, they just go, oh, yeah. I have gave them a full dose of um, quick cure. Yeah, nothing. And they, and they, nothing. They don't even care. No, nope, like, I've stained the water blue with quick cure. They don't care. They yeah. don't kill Corydoras or Neon Tetras or anything. Nope, they don't. They just like whatever. Yeah, I put four gallons, four gallons of bleach in a 120-gallon tank. Didn't care. Now, here's a question. I'm sitting here thinking about, like, my mom has two green thumbs and probably two green feet as well. She can make dead things grow. But one of the things that always bugged her in the garden were slugs, and they're a very similar thing. And we're talking about snails, and some snails are good in freshwater or saltwater, excuse me, but most of these snails are freshwater. What would happen if you were to increase the salt content? Would they melt? Yeah, because with slugs, that's isn't that one of the treatments they, to keep slugs yeah. out of the garden? Yeah, yeah, that's what my mom does. She just she would have a, a can of Morton salt with her in the garden, and then she would take beer and she would put in little saucers, and she would make slug traps. 
with in with beer and it would go in and they would die but you know salt i'm thinking salt what if you had an aquarium you needed to reset could you put salt in there take all the fish out that would die and just salt the crap out of it and see if all those freshwater pests would die it might well af- i don't think it would kill mts it might affect some uh, other snail breeds i add salt to every aquarium i've had and for the list i've had most of these snails personally they definitely don't die for the small dosings that I use because even if your tank's healthy, I add a little salt to it. What if you put like a forty-pound bag of Morton salt in your in your one hundred twenty? Yeah, talking about yeah. like turn we, that thing into just straight up salt water. Just go for it. That's what we got to well, do. The Jimmy. would probably breed in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're just trying to kill kill the snails. But I don't think it would kill MTS. We need to have somebody. Somebody needs to try this and tell us because. I don't think it would kill him. If bleach doesn't kill him and quick cure doesn't kill him, copper doesn't kill him, I don't think salt would kill him. Jimmy, that's what we got to do. We have to set up a 10-gallon tank, cover it in MTS, and get it going for a good while and make them breed, right? Yeah, let's do that in your basement. Then we pack it with salt and try again. Yeah. Like that's marine, what we do. marine salt or something See, like we'll that. See, we'll put this in our trial and error uh, basket because we still have to you know, use Flex Seal tape to see if it fixes a leaky aquarium. We have a lot of like <laughs> weird oddball things to try. Why don't we just put the Flex Seal Leaky Aquarium with the MTS? Two and tests and one shot. The there you go. There you go. There you go. So did you guys hear about about the snail that was uh, out driving around town and, and uh, all of a sudden a, uh, a turtle pulled up to him and mugged him? And so the police came and, and, and said to the snail, uh, can you describe the turtle? And he goes, yeah, he, he was green. He said, well, can you give me a better description than that? He said, no, it happened too fast. Oh, God. In honor of that terrible pun, <laughs> if you like what you hear, you know, or don't like it and you want to tell Jimmy to uh, not make those terrible dad jokes anymore, go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com. At the bottom of the website, you can uh, support our show. We have a link down there for our site. Yes, thank you for the crickets there. And It's a little late, but it's there. You can donate. Uh, one time or monthly, it's our replacement to Patreon. It helps support the podcast, and we again we appreciate your your patronage. Like, subscribe, and uh, shame on you for those jokes. Those are good, clean jokes, and I I got them off the Boy Scouts uh, joke thing that they had on on the uh, internet thing. The internet thing, yeah. The internet thing. Yeah. I want to clarify. I looked up, I looked up sale jokes before I came over tonight. That's why you were late. That's why I was late, yeah. I was reading stuff on the internet. It wasn't porn. I'm taking away your phone. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for I listening to the podcast. need to take shelter. <laughs> shelter so. in place, please. Give some snails a try. Stay away from the pest snails. Do your homework and find what's right for you. Let's kick that outro. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com and listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're practically Thanks. everywhere. We're on Google. I mean, just go to your favorite place, Pocket Casts. Subscribe to make sure it gets push notifications directly to your phone. Otherwise, Jim will be crying in his sleep. Can, can I listen to it in the in my treehouse? In your treehouse, in your fish room, even alone at work. What about at my man cave? Especially your man cave. Yeah. Only if Adam's there. No. With feeder guppies. No. No. They're endless. You midget loving sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later.